the biggest question is really going to be, what are you willing to give up if your current budget is tight? Mm-hmm. Okay, because that does come into play. The real question is, what's your definition of normal? Is it being strapped with debt, overspending, spending little time with your children? Because that's what society tells you is normal. Or do you want to redefine what your definition of normal is? Grab a seat by the fire. This is the Homeschool Project Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Homeschool Project Podcast. I'm Nathan. And I'm Anita. And uh, we are your hosts. So before we jump into our episode today on budgeting, I wanted to go over a weekend. Yes. We had a pretty awesome weekend. Yeah. And speaking of budgeting, I'd say it was pretty well budgeted there. We, my goodness, what did we start with? Well, I think yesterday was probably the biggest part of our weekend, right? Well, the best part of the weekend and why it ends up being so wonderful is the weather change, oh, right? Love yes. the summer, but there's nothing like that fall air starting to, to come into play. Yes. I love it. It is campfire season. Like, we are busting out the the fire in our backyard fire pit every night so far, and it has been amazing. Love it. Yes. So uh, last weekend, you actually camped out with our daughter. Yes, that's right. Thank you. I like, really am forgetting what we've done here. Yeah, we put up a tent <laughs> in the backyard, and uh, she wanted to go on a camp out, so you and our daughter slept outside. Yep, slept in the camp. It was so nice sleeping in the tent, because we do have our camper but you forget how nice it can be to sleep in a tent. And it's the perfect setup when you do your backyard because like the toddler, we're not sure how he'll do yet in a tent. So he gets to still be inside the house. And it was just so nice falling asleep to the crisp air and the crickets are going. And then you can look through one of our windows and see the stars. It was it was awesome. And now that sounds awesome, but how did you wake up? Awful. On the ground. <laughs> Like any night on a, on an air mattress, right? Yes. For, for whatever reason, you always went, you you always end up on the ground when I you do. sleep on an air mattress. And that's anybody. That's like an air mattress meme. It is. Start off the night is looking great, and you wake up on a cold, damp, <laughs> damp ground. Yes. And uh, it was damp because it actually rained for like five <laughs> minutes in the middle of the night, and I panicked. <laughs> yes. Thank you for like yeah. Killing that wonderful... But see, that's the great thing about doing things like that. You forget about the the, cra- the crappy part yeah, of it, right? you do. I already did. That's the great thing about memories. <laughs> Most of the time, you forget about the terrible things and you uh, remember the good parts until somebody like me reminds you. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, forgot about that. And it definitely reminded me why I can't, <laughs> can't all the time. It's that air mattress is really what gets me every time. But I, I feel like... We wanted to make this kind of a new tradition, right? Maybe like once our campground shuts down, that we've considered possibly starting to get sleep in the tent every maybe a couple times a month. Yeah, I'd like to, and uh, kind of you know get back to nature. We spend a ton of time outdoors, but there's something different about different about sleeping in a tent. Mm-hmm. So you know, there's the great side of it, and then there's the <laughs> side where you wake up on the ground and your spine feels like sawdust. <laughs> So, well, take the good and the bad. If you want to get your kids into doing it, you have to sacrifice, yep. right? I still love sleeping in a tent probably more than you do. Yes. I last, sleep pretty good in the tent. Last time that we all slept together in a tent, I remember I, again, woke up and I was like, I didn't sleep. And you were like, oh man, I slept like a baby. Like, oh yeah, refreshed. <laughs> Went to sleep with the crickets and the frogs. 
chirping. I woke up stuff. to a dog barking in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, this Saturday, you uh, or we had a fire in the backyard. Mm-hmm. Kids played uh, with their flashlights. Yes. And it was awesome. It, it was. It's like almost magical. And had a pumpkin beer. Because fall is yes. a coming. Yes. Which we love, right? So we sat around the fire, had a pumpkin beer, and enjoyed the kids uh, playing outside. It was awesome. And went four-wheeling. And we went four-wheeling, yes, yeah. with our uh, with our friends, and mm-hmm. it was awesome. We tried to duplicate the fire last night. <laughs> Don't ever try to duplicate an, an awesome moment, because yes. it will never be the same again. So we tried. The kids wouldn't stop complaining about the flashlights and the glow sticks we gave them. About 10 minutes after I got the fire started, a torrential downpour began, which only lasted 10 minutes, just enough to put the fire out pretty much and make everything wet. We went back out there, and our youngest was complaining more than the first time we were out there, so we just shut her down. We we shut it down for the night and came inside. That was enough. We wanted to leave leave the weekend on a good note. (laughs) That's right. We knew what we were dealing with. It was going to be one of those moments. We just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we should call it. <laughs> so we did, but what an awesome weekend, and uh, that weather is, the weather's changing, and we, we love it. Yes. But today we are here to speak about budgeting, right? hmm So we were on a, uh, we were on the Wildings podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, we interviewed them, and then they interviewed us, which won't be coming out for another month or two, but mm-hmm. when we were on there, they asked us how we manage to budget with a one-income household. And we've also had several people write in and ask us about budgeting, if we could do an episode on budgeting. So that's what we're going to do today. Um, You know, we think we put together a pretty good outline uh, of a budget. Obviously, it's going to vary depending on how much you make, where you live, what you're purchasing, all that kind of stuff. But we tried to put some details in this because the worst thing is to listen to somebody tell you about budgeting and be very vague about it, because yeah. that doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. So we think we've done a pretty good job. We can't hit every aspect, but we've at least put our numbers in there. So you can kind of get an idea of what we're dealing with, and how much money we're spending, and how much money you know we're working with um, you know, in our budget. Yeah. So, and the, big, you know, and, and the, biggest, the biggest question is really going to be, what are you willing to give up if your current budget is tight? Mm-hmm. Okay, because that does come into play. The real question is, what's your definition of normal? Is it being strapped with debt, overspending, spending little time with your children? Because that's what society tells you is normal. Or do you want to redefine what your definition of normal is? All right, so before we dive into this and how we manage it, I just wanted to mention what we feel is an important point in, in getting started, which is to be purposeful and create a plan. And if you're married, you want to be sure to create this plan with your spouse. This is a team effort. It's all about working as a family and as a unit. So it's not just one of you creating this budget. It needs to be both of you. That's our personal opinion. And in order to create this purposeful plan, I felt like there were a couple components that made that up. The first being setting goals. An example of this is... Will it include paying off your cars? Something as important as that. The next component would be setting priorities. What's important to you and what are you willing to give up? Like what Nathan just said. And this is like one, 
I say silly example of this is we realized that we were not utilizing sling for TV purposes. Like we don't have cable or anything. So we get a couple of, you know, Netflix and Amazon and we had sling too. And then we just looked and we were like, you know, we really don't ever use this. So why not save like what? $32 a month right there. Then the third component is what do you envision for your family? What do you see in the long run, right? Those long-term goals. This I feel crosses over quite a bit with your why and your mission statement to homeschooling because whatever it is you guys see for your family I feel like is going to help guide you in what you do feel is important to spend money on and what's not and it's actually going to act like kind of like fuel that fire I feel like on why you are budgeting and not spending money on certain things that we would love to spend money on, but we're like, well, you know, but if we do, we don't get to have this that we we see for our family in the future, you know? Well, I think this falls in line with what's your why, which we did an episode on. Mm -hmm. The long-term goal is essential because it's what's going to get you through hard days and um, in terms of giving up certain material items or even an entire salary and career, you know, that's something that's, that's a big choice. Mm -hmm. So that long-term goal is going to get you through those decisions. And when you look back and you start wondering if you made the right decision, that long-term goal is going to reassure you that yes, you did make the right decision. Some people, their budget, they don't really have, it's not going to really matter. Yeah. They make enough money. Mm -hmm. They uh, they don't really have to worry. Homeschooling isn't that big of a dent mm-hmm. in their budget. But for people like us and a lot of other people, mm-hmm. it is a big deal. Yeah. And when you look down the road, where do you see your family? Mm-hmm. And we're going to get into some of that stuff later, so I'm not going to dive into it right now. But it's something that you definitely have to think of. Yes. And then the last component I feel would be the most important, which is actually creating your budget. What are those numbers? And so after, basically after considering the first three factors, now you can look at your expenses and you can remove the ones that you feel are unnecessary. And then the ones that you value will be a part of that budget plan in creating those numbers. So when we decided to homeschool, we went down to one income. For any new listeners, I am a registered nurse. And when I was working, my the... The last field I was in, and really for most of my nursing career, was being a school nurse. So being that, of course, it wasn't the highest paying nursing field there is because I'm working in the schools, I, we still gave up around $50,000 a year when I decided to stay home. And I decided to stay home when we were pregnant with our third. And at that time, my sisters then asked me to watch their kids So I became the paid family nanny for about two years. And even then, I was still getting paid. So I'd say it was about $1,400 a month. Again, we're going to be honest in this episode so you guys have an idea here. But when we decided to homeschool, I have stopped earning any income whatsoever. So it was a big decision for us. But it was one that we were willing to make. So with this episode, we're going to talk about our budget within our life, like our lifestyle, and then our budget for our children's education. 
I think we need to make a point of how much we have now to work with after you stopped working. Okay. So how much would you say I make since you're the one who does all the bills? Let's call it about $60,000 a year. So I'm going to start off with our biggest expense, which is our home. I feel here we save where we can basically by purchasing a home that is well within our means. The biggest example, when we were living in Florida, our last station, when we bought our home, that was well below our means and that was with me working as well so we had two incomes and that was even less than what we purchased this home for but again we do that because i feel like as long as it meets the certain needs like we've always wanted a little bit of piece of property and you know enough bedrooms and bathrooms and and the house is in great condition like why not well yeah especially the way we move around so much the last thing you want to do is purchase a house above your means, uh, be relocated, and then be unable to sell it, mm-hmm. or be you know underwater with the house where you owe more than you know it's worth. Yes. So we have to be very careful with that. We also never wanted to be house poor. It's something we sp- mm-hmm. you know talked about when we got married and we started moving around and we purchased at that house was that the last thing we wanted was to be strapped for cash at the end of the month because our mortgage was too much. Mm-hmm. What fun is that? You'll be stressed out all the time. And when we go to look for a house, a big part of that for us is the property. We want the kids to have room to play. We want to have some space. We want to enjoy our out, outside time. Mm-hmm. So we're not going out trying to find the biggest house that we can afford down to the last dime, which no. a lot of people do. Yes. When they come up with their budget, they say, okay, we can probably swing this much money knowing that that means they're they're squeezing every penny out of their budget mm-hmm. for the biggest nicest house they can find. Yeah. We just don't believe in that. No. And we still make sure that we pick homes in safe areas, good areas, areas that we can still hopefully resell our home. Oh yeah, there's a lot of planning that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, these these aren't uh, you know, broke down homes or anything. We just do our homework and we don't overpay. The next is cars. So for us, if we have to purchase a car, our goal is to pay it off as soon as possible. We have been doing this since we first got married. We paid off our cars in our the, the first assignment when you had joined the military. Remember that? I do. We had two vehicles, and within a year or two getting married, we had two paid off two paid off cars Mm -hmm. and we had that for about what eight years yeah eight years we didn't have car payments yeah it was beautiful and that's a another choice right so you know if you can afford it and you don't care how much your car payments are and they don't affect your budget then great for us we are very conscious of the vehicles we purchase Mm -hmm. and again these are nice vehicles Mm -hmm. and good vehicles but uh, we don't go out and buy the nicest vehicle that we can possibly afford. Mm-hmm. It's not what we do. No. We buy somewhere in the middle, we pay it off, and then unlike most people, uh, when we pay off a car, we don't turn around and go try to purchase a new one. To us, it's a, you know, a milestone. We've paid off the vehicles, and now we see how long we can have no car payments for. Yes. Again, these are not unsafe vehicles or rusted out vehicles or, you know, um, 
vehicles that you wouldn't want to drive <laughs> with in, in with your family. Um, we just take care of them and we push we, we push our extra money into paying that off because you know let's say a uh, car payment is three hundred dollars a month oh, that's good that's pretty good right <laughs> yeah. times two that's six hundred dollars a month mm-hmm. what could you do with six hundred dollars a month oh my goodness a lot yes okay so that's one of our goals every time that we have a car payment is how quick we get this thing paid off mm-hmm. and I feel like we've always done pretty well would you say we average maybe two and a half years that'll take us to pay it off approximately yeah yeah approximately um so that's a big thing look out in your driveway and see how much money you have sitting out in your driveway Mm -hmm. is it worth it do you really need that car can you really afford that car is it at the end of the month is it strapping you for cash and is that what your goal is in life is it to have that fancy car sitting in the driveway that you really can't afford or is it to use that money to better yourself and your family. All right, next one up, food. This is a big expense in our family. And I'm sorry, Nathan, you were one of the reasons. I can't deny that. Uh, Our food bill is considerably larger with me as part of the family. Yeah, and I know this because anytime he leaves for training, we save a ton of money. (laughs) When it's just me and the kids. I do like to eat. But it's all good stuff. Like, you don't eat junk, but you eat a lot of meat and a lot well, a lot of vegetables and fruits and, again, all great stuff, but it is expensive. It is expensive to feed this family. So we spend about $1,000 a month in groceries. We rarely, read, <laughs> we rarely eat out, and we also make our own coffee. I think you had researched how much people spend at restaurants and buying coffee, right? Right. So one of your biggest expenses for most people is going to be eating out. The amount of money people spend eating out is ridiculous. Um, So what I did was I just looked up um, some information. And uh, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics, the average family spends about $3,000 a year dining out. You know, so that is a ton of money, mm-hmm. $3,000 a year dining out. Now, obviously, if you weren't dining out, you'd still be eating. Yes. So you have to take that in consideration. Mm-hmm. But that $3,000, every time you go out, that is for one meal. Yeah. Right? So the amount of money that you could, um, or excuse me, the amount of food that you could purchase for going out one time. Mm-hmm is a lot it is right so if you go and spend especially us we have a family of five if we went out and spent 65 bucks at a restaurant Mm -hmm. not fast food but a restaurant even fast food now is probably (laughs) 30 bucks for us Mm -hmm. to go right so what could you do with 60 dollars in the grocery store oh my goodness everybody in our family could eat steak yep and asparagus and potatoes and mm-hmm. you know that'd give us probably a couple of nights right there of meals oh my point is yeah i could make a really really good meal for that amount of money and normally and have if... have plenty of other food left over as well yeah and i feel like typically you still aren't pleased anyways with what you ate at the restaurant no i'm not a big fan of eating out if i'm gonna go eat out honestly i like to go out somewhere and get a really good meal mm-hmm. otherwise i'd rather be at home and make my own food because i'm a pretty good cook Yes, you are. <laughs> so, and every time I go out to eat, I just, I, you know, you ask me how was it, and I, I have to lie because I'm like, you really want me to be honest? I'm like, yeah, it was 
That was trash. Yep. Every time. I kid you not, guys. It's it's a He's a Debbie Downer when we go out to eat. So then in turn, I like no longer want to do it either. Because then it's not enjoyable. Because I know he's going to be like, eh, that was disappointing. Well, that makes me sound terrible. But <laughs> it's just not something I enjoy doing. I really would prefer to stay home. Again, with that money, I can make... I can make a good steak for everybody. We can have a bottle of wine together. Ooh. The kids can be hanging out outside and running around. Like to me, that that experience is a lot more enjoyable. We could have friends over and feed mm-hmm. them as well with their for families bucks. for the same amount of money. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now we have coffee. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of people every morning they go and buy their cup of coffee. That was me uh, in fresh out of college when I was working in the hospital. I went to get Starbucks every day before my shift. Right. So. A lot of people don't think much of it because you got you have to have your coffee. Mm-hmm. I get it. There's no way I'm going without coffee. No. All right. So a medium Starbucks coffee is about $2.10. A uh, specialty is about $3.65. There's a lot of people who like the specialty coffee. Oh, yes. Okay, so it varies on what kind of coffee you get. Mm-hmm. But three sixty-five for a cup of coffee is a lot of money because we, we spend about $5 on a bag of coffee. Yes. Mm-hmm. All right. And it's not cheap coffee. I mean, it's, it's not terrible coffee. It's good coffee. Oh, no. Seattle's Best is amazing yeah. people. you haven't had it, it's good coffee. Yeah. So that comes out average. You're talking about about $705 a year on coffee. Jeez. What could you do with $700 <laughs> a year if you weren't spending it all on Starbucks coffee, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then, you know, kind of um, go back here, but I also pulled up the average monthly car payment is about $550 for a new car. And three hundred ninety-three for a used car. See, I told you three hundred was like too good when you right. guess that. But one. that's usually what we have, right? Yeah. It's around mm-hmm. that um, five hundred and fifty dollars. And let's say that's times two, because a lot of people like new cars. Yep. You're talking about over a thousand dollars a month in car payments. I can't even imagine. Again, that. if you can afford it and it's not an issue for you, awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you have that car payment and you're living paycheck to paycheck and you're living tight, then you need, probably should reconsider what kind of car you're driving and is really necessary and what you really want in life, mm-hmm. you know? So um, then we had the uh, – I also pulled up a gym membership. Oh, good one. Okay, because a lot of people <laughs> have gym memberships. I am all about the gym you and are. exercise. Mm-hmm. I get it. So, But the average is about $40 a month. Um, but that obviously varies. There's a, there's gyms that charge ten dollars a month, which mm-hmm. is about the best you're ever going to find. And then there's one, you know, there's gyms that go up to sixty plus dollars a month, yeah. if not more than that, Definitely. depending on what you're doing there. Um, average is almost five hundred dollars a year for a gym membership. I think you could. I think there's a lot worse things you could spend your money on than a gym membership. If you're going to spend some extra money, a gym membership is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. However, if you're trying to budget and you're tight, you can get an awesome workout at home. And yeah. I know people hear this all the time, but they struggle with that because they it's hard for them to get motivated at home. Well, it comes back to how bad do you want it and what are you willing to do? Yes. After the pandemic, the gym shut down here, so we started working out at home. And we actually haven't looked back. Well, I've always been working out pretty much at home because I don't have enough time in the morning to get up before you go to work to go to the gym. Right. But you, I was surprised with how well you've taken to it because you do love your gym. 
I, I like exercising and working out. I don't necessarily like the gym. Right. I know you don't. <laughs> I don't like going there and there's a bunch of people. I don't like being around a ton of people, to be honest. Uh, so if I could have all the gym equipment in my house, I would never go back to the gym. Yeah. But we don't. What we do have are some weights. We have a stairwell that I do pull-ups on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we're lucky to have an acre of mm-hmm. property, so we run and jog and sprint on the property. Yeah. I have cinder blocks out there. If you really want to save money and that's, uh, you know, an expense that you have, then you are able to work out at home and get a great workout. And you can look online on YouTube and get plenty of at-home workouts. Oh, yes. I've mentioned that several times in different episodes, so definitely. Right. And if you say you can't do that and you just you just can't work out at home, it's just, that's, that's an excuse. <laughs> you know, dig a little bit deeper. Yes. If your money is tight, you can figure it out, I promise. Yes. So those are some of the things we looked up, some, some common, uh, you know, expenses that families will have and where you can really save that money. It's a, that's a big deal. So hopefully you guys, if um, you have some, you know, time to look at your budget, you'd be surprised at the amount of money that you can, uh, you can clip from each one of those bills and then you can save at the end of the month. Mm-hmm. And before we move on to activities, I just wanted to point out that because we have to budget quite a bit for our grocery, what we have found works very well for our family is shopping at Aldi, or if you don't have Aldi, a close second for us was Walmart. Walmart still, still did not beat Aldi. Ugh. I know. We don't ever go in if we that have to is, do Walmart. That's like me walking to, through the gates of hell. <laughs> That place is the worst. I, it's rough. The only reason that we can do it now, if we, and we haven't done it in a long time actually, yeah. is because they have at the pickup in the front yes. of the store, which means you do not have to walk through the front door of Walmart. Nope. It's beautiful. <laughs> which leads me to then tip of the day for you guys, that if you order your groceries online, whatever groceries that may be that offers it, the beautiful thing is that you are literally watching your total add up as you drop things into the cart. So if you need help with budgeting your groceries, I would suggest starting with something like that instead of going to the store and then having to like add up numbers as you're pulling things off the shelves. That's if you have that option. And we have found that that works great for us. So now we're going to move on to budgeting in our activities and shopping. So we valued spending time outdoors and continue to value spending time outdoors and getting away from our home. So we ended up purchasing a camper a few years ago and paid that out in cash. We didn't want to have a loan on that. Right. And the reason we have cash is because of everything we've just been talking about. Yes. That's the only reason. Because when we did that, I was making even less money. Mm -hmm. And to backtrack a little bit more, the reason that we are so into the outdoors is that prior to what we do now, we lived and worked in New Mexico. Yes. And we lived out in the middle of nowhere, Mm -hmm. right, in the National Forest. And because of that, we learned to love the outdoors because where we lived, that was all there was to do. That's all there was to do. (laughs) So we fell in love with the outdoors, and we realized how important that was. And I remember the moment we... we, um, moved back to Florida because mm-hmm. we joined the military and that's the first place we got stationed. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting with you and saying, 
I just want us to promise each other one thing. When we move back to Florida, please don't let us fall back into the same mentality that we were in when we left. The rat race. The ra- exactly. The rat race and the strip malls and the spending money for fun and the shopping for fun. And I've never really been into that, but that's just the mentality of a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And when we lived where we lived in New Mexico, we realized how unimportant all those things were and how important our time together was. Mm-hmm. And that's really where this all began and where we really started talking about money, if we're being honest. Yeah. No, you're right. That's that's a great point. Um, so this year we actually decided, again, going to be honest with expenses, this year we decided to leave our camper at a campground instead of going camping to a different park every month. And it's kind of like to us, though, by making this decision, it became our vacation home. And with this, we spend about $170 a month. Right. So the break, it's a, it's a, it's a yearly cost. That's what the breakdown mm-hmm. is per month. So we wanted you to know how much we spent per month. That being said, it's what we do almost every weekend from spring to the end of summer. And like I was just telling you, we even go during the week now, too, like for the day. I'll take the kids while he's working and we'll go and we'll swim and enjoy it and the peace and quiet and go explore and can get, even get schooling done over there too. So it, it has been so worth it to us. Oh, it's been awesome. Mm-hmm. And a lot of some people might say, well, $170 a month on something is a big monthly mm-hmm. payment. Well, the reason we can do that is because we don't spend the money on eating out yes. and you know other things that people spend their mm-hmm. money on. We use it for that, which is has been so awesome for our family. Mm-hmm. The outdoor time, uh, they look forward to going out there every weekend to go swimming and fishing and hiking and mm-hmm. have campfires. So for us, the $170, that's where we pull our extra money that we save elsewhere, and we use it for that. Yeah, and so all those things you just named, hiking, fishing, all that, those are all free. So if you're an outdoor family, there is a beauty in that because a lot of what you do on your off time can be free. Now, of course, if you're fishing, you got to get your little supplies. But Well, nothing's really free. Exactly. So everything's going to cost some money. <laughs> Our point is you're not spending 50 bucks to go to a movie theater. Yeah. You know, yep. stuff like that. And I think that it's we're also at the same time raising our kids to be healthy, well-rounded children. The other thing that we do is use our furniture until it is just not working for us anymore. And it's not necessarily if it's like really broken down or you something. You make it sound like there's like holes in our couches. <laughs> no. no, we definitely don't go to that point. I mean, like if it still is in good shape, we're going to keep it. And we move quite a bit. So there is always that feeling that every time we move, I'm like, all right, let's get the new stuff, new house. No, like if we're going to be practical, again, what's more important to us, it's not for me to go get a brand new couch when the couches that we have right now are perfectly fine. They're functioning. And every time we move, it is a little difficult that I have to help, like I have to figure out how is this furniture going to fit this new home and how are these colors going to work? The girls out there know what I'm talking about. But I make it work. (laughs) No, you don't. But we make it work. And if we have to, you know, spray paint or reupholster something to help make that work and look better, we do. And I feel like that 
even those little decisions help a lot in the long run for us as well. Sure, yeah. I mean, it saves a ton of money. Mm -hmm. I know because if you move every couple of years and you try to refurnish a home every couple of years, that adds up quick. And it you, sure just, does. you don't get your money back on the old stuff. Nope. <laughs> Especially when the movers uh, put a little dings and scratches oh, the and movers. things. <laughs> Yeah, it's the it's the best. There's nothing worse than watching a mover take your brand new couch and rake it across the entryway and do a and put a big like scratch down the leather, or smash the uh, the oak coffee table into the side of a wall. Our military listeners know exactly oh, what we're talking about. They all know what we're talking about. And then they say you can claim that on on some paperwork. Good luck with that. Yeah, yeah, never that easy. The other thing is we treat our credit cards like cash. So we don't carry cash around. I'm just not into that. But we do treat our credit cards like cash, and we pay them off immediately every pay period. We yeah, never, never have it. No, never carry a balance on a credit card. Nope. All right. I think now we're ready to move on to education. Okay. So we feel that you can still have a quality education on a budget. And how much you spend is really up to you. And I know that, like Nathan said earlier, that's not what you want to hear. How much you spend is really up to you. But we're not going to leave it vague like that. But I, what I, my point is that you, there are families that homeschool for free. Like they do the whole thing for free and they're all into that. Then there's ones that don't even have to worry about a budget at all. And there are ways that you can definitely spend a ton of money on your child's education homeschooling. Whether it's the curriculum or the programs that they purchase or private tutors. So there really is this wide spectrum, and it does be, it does depend on you and what you guys want for your family and what your budget is. Yes, make no mistake, homeschooling is a business to, some pe to many people. <laughs> yes. So there's a lot of money to be spent out mm -hmm. there, and they're trying to get your money. Uh, some is worth it, some is not. And as Matt Damon says in Goodwill Hunting, you wasted $150,000 on an education you could have got for a buck 50 in late charges at the public library. One of my favorite lines from one of my favorite movies ever. It's such a great point. If you have not seen that movie, you need to see it. You do. Oh my goodness, you do. It, it, Goodwill Hunting. It's about it's, he's a, he's like kind of like a street boss a street kid from Boston and he's talking to a, Har a Harvard student <laughs> who's uh, kind of making fun of him mm -hmm. and uh, that's the line he pulls out and it's great because it's true mm -hmm. obviously there's something to a degree um, that you receive when you you know finish college but there's also something to be said for the education and the information you could have gotten from the public library yes. it's all right there it is it's a beautiful resource so my tip here in this area is start simple with curriculum resources and activities and then slowly add cost where you see necessary. I can't say that enough. And we did that last year and it worked out great to start off simple and slow and then add where we needed. For example, last year we did language arts with a very simple Charlotte Mason textbook. I think it was called Language Lessons for Today. It was probably about $30. Well, this year, after seeing where our priorities are in their education and then having a better idea of our budget, we wanted to spend more on our language arts program. And so we got the Brave Writer, which is a wonderful program, by the way. If you haven't heard of it, my sister had not. She looked into it. She's already falling in love with it. Now I'm going to jump into what we spent this year. And that is, after I calculated everything up, it looks to be about $500 in curriculum. And that's for all of our kids. 
and then about $100 in supplies. Granted, I do feel like if you don't already, that you should get a printer, ink, and paper. If you can't, you can still find ways of printing. I know the library, you can print there. I don't know how much it costs. It's usually some change. It may be free at your library. Check it out. Or there's th places like Staples and office supply stores. Is Kinko's can... still a thing? I don't even know, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> That's a great question. I don't know question. if they exist anymore. Um, and then we, as a family, decided to also budget about $100 a month in extracurricular activities for the kids. Because we know things are going to come up. And that's including, like, if you go to a museum, that's not free. These are expenses that we know are going to come up. And we wanted to put that in our budget so that they could experience the world, essentially. Right. And that's where the whole when the question comes up, how do you uh, socialize your children? Mm -hmm. Or how do, you, how do you stay at home all day? We don't. No. And the kids are very socialized. Okay, yes. if, you're, if, you're new at, if you're new at homeschooling or just starting to think about homeschooling, there's so much to do out there. We have other episodes on that. We're not going to get into it. But this is where that all comes into play. The kids go out all the time. They do. I mean, pre-COVID, things are a little different right now. Sure. We're getting back in there again. <laughs> and remember, I want you guys to keep in mind that even if you had your kids in school, you would be spending money on sports, dance classes, gymnastics, private music lessons, all those things. So if you're spending money on that, even as homeschooling, you would have been spending that no matter what. Those are expenses that are there. There are some, like if you decide to go in a co-op or specific homeschool classes, that those are the things that, yes, I feel like you should include in your budget if that's what you want. Here are the areas where we save with their education. The first thing I did, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think here, was I always turn to the library for books and resources. And, and if they didn't have anything at the library that I needed, then that's when I would actually go out and purchase it. But that is my first stop is, can I get this at the library? What do they have there? And even at, like when we were teaching our son to read last year. I didn't go out and buy this very expensive reading program because believe me, the programs are out there and they are not cheap. Instead, I went to the library, I got Bob books and we would check those out. And then you can also check out reading programs there. Like they had Hooked on Phonics there. And that is what I used to teach our son to read, all free. They have all kinds of programs that I don't even utilize because I don't even know yet because there are just so many options. And of course there's the audiobooks and they even have like at their computers at the library, they have ABC mouse because otherwise you do have to pay for it if you want it at home, which is a great um, early education program. And then, like I said, whatever we cannot get there, we turn to used online bookstores like Amazon because Amazon has a used book option. and. If I have to go to Amazon, I'm always clicking on the used book to see if I can save there. There's thriftbooks.com. There's used curriculum sales that can be found on social media like Facebook in your area. Homeschool Classified is a website. I've never used it, but I've heard others have, as well as Second Harvest Curriculum. 
And then the library, at least ours, I think they do it twice a year. They have book sales and all that. Oh, yeah. At the end of the year, most libraries have book sales. We brought home a... Like a whole tote bag mm-hmm. full of books last year for a dollar. Dollar, but they, we didn't even need to spend a dollar. It was like donating a dollar because I think it was like what a penny per book. It was a penny per book. <laughs> that was it. All they said was, you know what? When you read this, and if you don't want it anymore, just donate it back. Mm-hmm. Some other uh, areas that I or sites that I like are Teachers Pay Teachers. There are the paid options and the free options there, and I have only ever used. The free options so far on their website but my sister nina has already started uh getting unit studies for very affordable prices from this site pinterest is a great resource not just for ideas on like decorations and crafts but there are a lot of homeschool moms now that are putting their stuff out there on pinterest so you can find again unit studies or other learning ideas on there and then recently i came across learn in color and this girl is an actual homeschool graduate herself and her website is full of wonderful homeschooling resources and it's a mix of very affordable resources along with some free resources so i'll I'll link that in the show notes as well but love it and it's, it's so cute the website so colorful love it kids podcast We use those a lot. They are free and they are great for learning. We use many of the science ones out there. And then specifically, we use a podcast for religion, one for growth mindset. That's called the Big Life Kids podcast. Music. We like to use music podcasts for kids. Which which we interviewed. Yes, we interviewed them. So make sure you go back in our episodes because I don't know what number it is. But it was a great interview, and they just have so many wonderful resources on their podcast as well as their website and YouTube, and it's a mix of free items as well as um, some paid options. YouTube has been great for us. We um, Art, I do all of art on YouTube. The, our favorite is Art for Kids Hub. There, we also use YouTube for videos as like a supplement to what we're learning about. They love getting videos for science and social studies to extend on. Uh, Mr. DeMeo is one of our favorites in our family. And then videos on our composers and artists that we are studying for those classes. Again, it's amazing, all the free things out there. You just don't realize until you really like look and, and see what there is. And a side note, podcasts, YouTube, And books from the library are also great free resources for you as the homeschooling parent to help get that encouragement, that inspiration, that help in planning, um, and that professional development because this is your job. This is your career. So I think like any other career, I have always been a firm believer in professional development. And these are great ways that you can do that and not spend a dime. When we do picture study, we use websites that are free and we just pull up paintings from that artist on the website. So instead of ordering like digital copies of all these paintings of, of 
artists from our picture study, we just go onto these websites and pull up the picture and that's how my kids look at them that way. Nature study. Nature study is free by exploring nature outside. Pretty simple there. <laughs> Khan Academy, ABCA, Prodigy Math, Duolingo, and Typing.com are all free websites that we have utilized in our school between last year and this year. My daughter, our daughter, she's yours too. Um, we think. <laughs> my goodness. <laughs> She is loving typing.com. Like I said this in my curriculum chat with Nina that I was like, oh yeah, we're going to be doing typing.com. I have no idea how it is. I just put it in our plan. Well, we've been doing it and she loves it. She actually looks forward to it. So if you want your kids to learn how to type and put that into your schooling, then just go with typing.com. Again, don't spend the money if you don't need to. And then we're going to close it with activities, the activities and what we do and how we save in these areas. Using the outdoors for exploring and free play. Again, it is part of our lifestyle and it is a part of their everyday learning. So that in itself, again, is going to be a free activity. Attending free homeschool classes at the local library and metro parks. I realize not everybody has that option, but we do. So my point is just check out your local library and check and see if your local parks do offer these classes. And if they aren't free, maybe they're very affordable. I got to imagine they are. Visiting our free nature centers at the parks has always been a wonderful learning tool in our school. Book clubs and now we're considering trying to get our kids to get a pen pal. Yes. Yeah, we're going to try to do pen pals. And then our daughter is currently doing an online book club. Yeah, a virtual book club with some of the co-op kids. Right. And almost no parents involved. Yep. So they can run it on their own. Mm -hmm. And uh, she's really enjoying it. She is. And it's free. And you're getting socialization. And they're talking about books. I mean, how, how great is that? <laughs> Our daughter's contribution was that she thought everybody should bring a treat to the meeting. So now everybody eats like cake and cookies while they're having the meeting. She is my daughter. <laughs> but, and they all loved it. They're like, this is the best idea. I'm like, I know. It is great, isn't it? <laughs> Instead of paying for co-op this year, we made the decision to join a local wild and free group. If you don't know what that is, Look up Wild and Free. They're very big. And they have many different options with this organization. And one of them is finding a local homeschool group. And you pretty much all you have to do is sign up as a member, which is free. And then you now have access to look on their map and find any groups that are near you meeting up. And this was free. So again... It was just kind of like, I don't know, it was it was hard. We love our co-op, but it's already kind of messed up this year. Like they're not even doing it right now. And they're thinking maybe after the new year they'll start. But it was so up in the air that we wanted to make sure we had something for our kids so that they could continue socialization and being with other children. And I actually talked to you about this and I said, I, I think I think I want them to be involved with something where they're going to be outside. I love the co-op, but then it was just more indoor time, and I wanted them to be with other kids where they can be outside and having fun and exploring. And 
you want to bring up why all of a sudden you feel that way? Um, after having our interview with <laughs> Nikki from <laughs> Wildlings Forest School, <laughs> she she really planted a seed in me, and I was me just me too, me too, yeah. You guys need to listen to that episode, and yeah, so much has changed, and we're still working on reading free free to learn by. Almost done. Peter Gray. Peter Gray. Yeah. The other thing that I'm trying to add in this year is setting up days with some of the homeschooling families we know to do nature walks at parks. So if you are unable to afford a co-op, these are ideas of ways that you can have your kids still be with other families and you be with other moms because we all need that too and not have to spend a dime doing it. Unless you're some of our Northern Canadian listeners who are probably already like in the dead of winter. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have much time left. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> Hopefully so you're into skiing or yes. snowshoeing or something. Yeah, I mean, one of the families at the Wild and Free group was just saying the other day, hey, I'm still all about meeting up when winter hits. And I was like, so are we. Oh, we are too. We'll I'm just making there. a joke. And I know those uh, the, 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 the uh, our Canadian listeners are, <laughs> are uh, well-versed in you know snow and yes, cold weather absolutely so they uh they have plenty of activities to get involved mm-hmm. in can't let that stop you 4-h is another great activity for our family and i think it's about 15 20 per child to be involved which is nothing scouts we are looking into boy scouts or something similar for our son because we're learning very quickly that he is not a sports boy He's, not yet, at least, yeah. Not yet. No. He he does have a little interest, actually, in basketball. He has said that, and we were doing that before COVID. But he's very much into the outdoors, into hiking, into fishing. Shooting. Shooting. Oh, my goodness. Nathan has been doing... Um, Target shooting. Yes. In the backyard, and uh, he's really into that. He mm-hmm. has us print off T-Rex targets and yeah. zombie Make it fun. targets. Yeah. <laughs> So we were trying to find ways to feed that, and I'm like, hey, if it's not going to be a sports team, what are other ways that he can be involved with other kids and doing something that he loves? Sorry, mm-hmm. we are well aware of the issues with Boy Scouts. Yes. Just be careful. Yep. Right? You know, if you're going to, you have mm-hmm. a younger child, you know, you could stay with him. Yeah. And that's what you're going to do. Right. Which is great, because then you can be involved in the whole thing anyways with him. But the core of, you know, and I and some of the other political issues they've been through, but the, the idea of the Boy Scouts and what they do, to, to me, that's very important. Mm-hmm. I grew up with it. The skills you learn from doing it are extremely important, in this house at least. Mm-hmm. So you have to just gauge the issues that you have, maybe with the organization, and the benefits that you would get if you went. Mm-hmm. Instruments. Music Podcast for Kids has piano lessons that we are going to be doing. So that's going to be our instrumental piece this year. Our daughter was doing violin lessons last year. And we were able to make it affordable by having a student from the music conservatory give lessons. And she was awesome. We may do that again in spring. We're we're just trying to see if she really has that passion there. And then there's really whatever other sports or activities, like I said, dance, gymnastics, that your child is into that you'll want to consider for the cost. But even those, again, you would have probably been paying anyways, whether or not it was homeschooling. 
Last year, we allowed only one sport per child per season. And that wasn't just for budgeting purposes. It was also for our family's time and sanity. So, Because if you have every child doing two to three sports or you know, outside of home activities or clubs in one season, it can be a lot. But that's my tip for that. For that. Well, that's just something also that we've discussed was the importance of downtime. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean we sit around on the couch. No. It means that we're not obligated to go to a sport on Saturday morning. And mm-hmm. I grew up playing sports. Mm-hmm. But that you have that ability to go, we go camping mm-hmm. or we go hiking or something pops up and we, we can go. But our schedule isn't completely tied down with these activities that are all laid out for us before we even begin. Yeah. And uh, to be honest, we've had that idea for quite a while, but it also um, came back up as we're reading this book, yeah. Free to Learn, Yes. that um, it's not healthy for a kid to be tied down with activity after activity after activity. Mm-hmm. They need that ability to go have free play mm-hmm. and go do their own thing. Yeah. And use your imagination. So it's something we believe in, um, but the book definitely reiterated that. It did. Yep. And I think that's all I have for you guys today. All right. Well, hopefully you guys got something out of that. I know we put some time into pulling our numbers and um, hopefully it encourages you to, one, save money, two, to budget, and three, if you were you know, thinking about doing this, but you're concerned about money, maybe it gave you some hope that it's possible. Because mm-hmm. remember, we gave up around fifty dollars to $55,000 cold turkey yep. um, to do this. And the funny part is, we're, we're not quite sure where that money was going <laughs> before we stopped having it. No. <laughs> A portion of it was going to savings. Yep. You know, and... and um, well, childcare. Investing, but... And private school. <laughs> yeah, childcare and private school. But I guess I mean the the... the the extra money, mm-hmm. like what did you, what did we spend it on? I have no idea. Like I mean, I really don't. P- please, people, check your Amazon account and <laughs> and see what you're actually ordering and see if it's stuff you need. Yeah, because it probably isn't. Yes, it, that's a great point, Nathan. Really. Yeah, and they make it that easy to spend money. You click mm-hmm. a button and the money's gone, and some ends up in your doorstep. It's super <laughs> easy to spend the money, but yeah, it's it's funny. People ask, well, how did you just take a hit like that? Good question. We budgeted, but. The realization was that, wow, we really can live with a lot less money than we thought. And I don't feel that we're suffering at all. At all. No. I'm going to be honest. I don't know if our lifestyle really changed. No, I'm happy to. And we had a, mm-hmm. we have a, a good lifestyle. It's yes. not like we're sitting at home and not doing anything <laughs> trying to save pennies. It, yeah. It's really not like that at all. Mm-hmm. But uh, just keep that in mind. Look where your money's going and think about what your true goals are for you and your family because that's what's the most important. And before we uh, sign off, uh, tune in next week. We have Kamiko Lawrence, Mark Lawrence, her husband, and their son, Anthony Lawrence, who is the first African-American graduate of the Air Force's next pilot program. And he also happens to be a homeschool graduate. Yep. So it was a great interview. Please uh, listen next week to that. And also we have a new website, thehomeschoolprojectpodcast.com. Check it out. It's still in the works, but we're going to be putting all of our our information and our 
resources on that website. Really excited about that. We also have some people uh, blogging on there, right? Mm -hmm. Some family members and some other people. So hope you enjoy it and uh, stay tuned for next week. Bye. Remember to visit us at the homeschoolprojectpodcast.com. And as always, let's light a fire they can't put out.